On this episode of The Light Show, we ramble on and on about ECW and really don't talk about anything except for Kelly Kelly. We also talk about Rampage, the new the new TNA champion, and the problems with NXT going for it. Now, let's let the music play. When it's the one for the money, everybody's show. Get ready now, go, can't go, but don't you, don't you show my blue suede shoes. Welcome everyone to the Delight Show. I am your host, the M in Delight. It is a pleasure to see you here this evening. Those of you who are here, hopefully you can hear me. I've had some mic issues uh, as I've set this up tonight. Um, but it is a pleasure to have you all here. Those of you who are live in the stream, thank you so much for being here. Those of you who are listening on Sunday morning or whatever you do listen, I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much about it. And as you may notice, I introduced myself as the M in Delight, which is, of course... Hey, Fred's good to see you. Actually, you played in this first story, Fred's. Uh, Monday night, I don't watch Raw, because um, why... Why would I? Uh, there's a few things I like on it, but I can catch all of that the next day on the YouTube. But I got a, I got a tweet added at me uh, from Mr. Fred's himself saying that Corey Graves had indeed called John Morrison the Monday... Night Delight. This was a day that I have known was coming since I adopted the name, and I'll be just super honest, I stole the name from John Morrison. He was the Thursday Night Delight in Impact, the Friday Night Delight on SmackDown, and he wasn't using Monday, so I took Monday for myself. And now he's on Monday, and he's once again the Monday Night Delight. I could fight this, and I would lose, Saying I could fight it is kind of exaggeration. I don't know that I could fight it at all. But I'm willing to take on the MN delight, and we will find something for the MN to stand for each and every week. Um, But for now, it's time to say so long to the Monday night part of the Monday night delight. What's next? Who knows? We'll see when we get there. What are we talking about here tonight? It's been a, a big week for wrestling. And I think next week is going to be bigger. Hey there, Mitchell, the Clockworth clone, my original co-host. It is good to see you there. What are we talking about this week? We got Rampage to talk about. We're going to get to that. We got an ECW report. Uh, The Notorious MND is uh, is something I, I, I like very much. And people that live in my house have said it's not exactly the best nickname, and I disagree wholeheartedly. I think it is, in fact, the best nickname. But we got an NXT situation to talk about, and we got an ECW show to report on. Let's start with this NXT situation. I got my green notebook of things here uh, to talk about. Let's talk about NXT. If you were paying attention last week, you probably heard that some new rules came down from Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard, excuse me, and, and John Laurinaitis. Um... People power. Um, saying that they wanted to change up the way that NXT was being used. And they had some new rules for NXT. And uh, one of them, not super politically correct. We're going to call it No Short People. <clears throat> Another rule. No one starting NXT in their 30s. So essentially you had to be under 30 years old to be a part of NXT. And only future Mania main eventers, future stars of the company. This seems like a stupid plan for a couple of different 
reasons. One, um, it doesn't make for the best TV, but that's not my area of expertise. My area of expertise is hyper-fixating on a, on a problem and finding a solution, which is what I've done right here in the green notebook. Welcome to the hyperfixation station. Let's get down to business. I took those three rules. The three rules that Laurinaitis, Pritchard, and McMahon laid out and applied them to the entire WWE American roster. I left the UK roster alone mainly because it appears that, that the UK roster is going to be left alone. But uh, the entire American roster and determine exactly who will be a part of this new NXT going forward. And it's well, let's get let's get into it. Let's talk about that last rule first. Future Mania main eventers. I took the entire roster and pulled out everyone who has been a Mania main eventer. Uh, it, it, and granted, some of these names were never going to appear on NXT, but it deleted a lot of them, uh, such as Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair. Those four women, no longer part of NXT. Sorry, rules are rules. Uh, Roman Reigns, Edge, John Cena, AJ Styles, Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar, Miz, Randy Orton, Seth Rollins, Triple H, and for good measure, The Rock will no longer be a part of NXT. Sorry, guys, you're out. That's the way we. That's the way the ball bounces. The way the cookie crumbles in the new NXT. So, you know, not a huge loss. You lost 12, 13, 15 guys, maybe. You, you can get by with everybody else on the roster, right? Wrong. Because the second rule, the, the no short people rule, that costs you dozens of guys. Dozens of people who who would qualify as short in the WWE's eyes. And how did I determine this? How did I determine what short is in WWE? Well, I look back at the Mania main eventers. Who's the shortest male main eventer? And who's the shortest female main eventer in Wrestle? Mania history. For the women, it was this year. It was Sasha Banks coming in at 5'5". Any woman under 5'5 is no longer allowed to be a part of NXT. And for the men, unfortunately, it is uh, the often forgotten about competitor in the 2004 Triple Threat match, including also Triple H and Shawn Michaels. He was 5'11". So anyone under 5'11 will no longer be allowed to be a part of NXT. And it knocks out the following. Akira Tozawa, Angel Garza, Pete Dunn, Raul Mendoza, Grand Metalik, Lince Dorado. I wanted to point out very quickly that this rule seems to to unfairly disadvantage people like um, people who are of Hispanic or Asian descent. They're coming up underneath this line left, right, and sideways on this list. Uh, Mustafa Ali, Ro- uh, Roderick Strong, Wesley, Candice LeRae, Reggie, and, and let's be honest, when I saw the name Reggie, I had to think, who the hell is Reggie? He's he's the, he's first, he's the 24-7 champion, didn't realize that. He's also, uh, he was Carmella's uh, wine guy. I, there's a French word for it, I don't know what it is. Um, what is the, I don't know what it is. Um, but he he's too short. Uh, Ricochet, Ember Moon, Alexa Bliss, Chad Gable, Io Shirai, Rey Mysterio, Aaliyah. Casey Catanzaro, the Borgen, Asuka, Caden Carter, Lena Vega, Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose, Carmelo Hayes, Nikki Ash, Saray, James Drake, Joaquin Wilde, Zia Lee, Johnny Gargano, Kushida, and Nash Carter. These people, Somalier, thank you, Fretz. I knew it was something like that, but I it, it was it wasn't coming out of my head properly. Um, these guys, out. You are out. 
of NXT forever. You no longer belong to NXT. You are on your own. Find work elsewhere. Um, actually, you find work on SmackDown and Raw, maybe. I don't know. The, 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 of course, the people that are on the, the main event list, they'll find work wherever they want to find work. But the short guys, WWE either is going to cut them loose or stick them. Some of them go on 205 Live, uh, which would be fine. And I'm, But some of these people could find them. A-graded the women on the list are all going to be used somewhere. But I look at this list and guys like Carmelo Hayes, if they find, don't find a use for him, where is he going to go? Raul Mendoza. Roderick Strong, as head of the Diamond Mine, should be okay, but he's lost two guys in, in the last month. And, and so we, we come to a point where short people got no reason to lit Randy Newman. That's a Randy Newman line. We go from there. But it's the last one that's the big problem. Under 20 years old. Or excuse me, under 30 years old. Somebody in your 20s, this really impacts where we go with NXT for a couple of different reasons. One, a lot of your guys in NXT are indie darlings. Guys who, who have been out there, who have made their way in independent wrestling and then came back to be a part of WWE. Once they had done their art, they came to make their money. And now they may not get a chance to make their money. Sad, really. But here are the people you have now got to build NXT on. I want to start with the women's division first. Because it, on the surface, it sounds like a hell of a women's division. But let's get into it. It is uh, Rhea Ripley, Sonya Deville, Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox, Tony Storm, Indy Hartwell, Gigi Dolan, and Zoe Stark. You got eight ladies. That's all you got. And granted, it's not a bad division. You could do. You, you're not going to be able to have a women's tag team championship in NXT. But you got eight guy or eight girls, excuse me, who you could build a pretty decent division on. But that strikes a different problem. It's possible and probable, actually, that that it means that you are running out of, are uh, you're only hiring young women to be a part of NXT. And uh, because I'm watching these uh, these uh, ECW shows, and Kelly Kelly's on these shows, it really strikes me as just a little bit creepy that um, she's 19, and they are forcing... We'll get, we're going to get to it. But she's 19, they're forcing this girl to be a part uh, of Kelly's expose, extreme expose, and it really just gets kind of skeevy. Well, let's look at the men's division. Because, well, you, you can have a good women's division. you got a tournament right there. You put your title on Tony Storm or Rhea Ripley or Sonya Deville, and you build up challengers, you're good to go. Your men's division? There's a bigger problem than only hiring young girls in the women's division. In the men's division, uh, let's just get into it. Here are your nine guys in your men's division that you can use. Umberto Carrillo. Mansoor, Omos, Otis, Austin Theory, Cameron Grimes, Josh Briggs, Odyssey Jones, and Dominic Mysterio. Dominic Mysterio, who never did any time in NXT himself. I don't think Omos did either, actually. But nine guys to build your NXT around. Could you do it? Absolutely. But look at these nine guys. 
they're either people that you've seen here and there, but they you never really put any stock into, or they're young guys who don't who are green, who are too green to make the gimmick work. With the exception and massive apologies to Austin Theory and Cameron Grimes, I believe right there is your first champion and challenger for your new NXT championship right there. Uh, honestly, I put on Cameron Grimes. He is the best part of NXT right now. He and LA Knight, and LA Knight would be on this list if he wasn't, you know, so anciently old at 33, a year younger than I am. Um, but that's your NXT. Can you can you build an NXT off this? Absolutely. Can you make a TV show week after week that's going to be any good whatsoever? No, not two hours a week with the same 17 people. Now, of course, they're going to build up NXT. They're going to bring in people from the Performance Center. They've got The Rock's daughter in there. They've got some other people. But if, if you got to stick by these rules, these these rules of you can only be 20, uh, you know, at, tw- at 30, I guess you can be in 30. You can't start in your 30s. So in a year, when, when or in two years, when Sonya Deville turns 30, she's not going to be fired from NXT or moved up to the main roster. She could be there for the next 20 years. In developmental, it doesn't work, and that's honestly kind of the issues going on with with Adam Cole right now. Well, do you pay him main roster money and keep him on NXT? Do you pay him main roster money, move him to the main roster where it's a terrible time to move to the main roster, especially the SmackDown? Don't put him on. He doesn't want to go to SmackDown. Go to Raw. I could see Bobby Lashley versus Adam Cole. If Bobby Lashley makes it out of SummerSlam with his world title, we'll talk about that next week because he is facing William Goldberg. Kay, I swear if you manifest this, I I have all the WWE champions memorized. You know, give me a pen and paper. I'll write all 53 names, guys who've held the title. And I can give you most of the ratings up till really, probably about 99, 2000. And then you want to add Bill... I already had to add Jinder Mahal to that list. And as much as I play that gimmick up, I... He, he's the outlier on that list. He's one of the outliers on that list. I don't want to add Bill Goldberg to that list, especially in 2021. He would also become the oldest WWE champion, taking Vince McMahon out of that spot. And remember, Vince was a joke champion. Vince was a... Steve Austin made him champion because he thought it was funny champion. We want to make Goldberg the actual champion champion? And even if K get, gets it right, they're predicting that, that, that Big E is going to cash in on Goldberg moments after he wins the title. You still have to add Goldberg to that list. And I just I can't do that in 2021. I could have done it in 2002. I could have had Bill Goldberg as champion in 2002 and been okay with it. But not 2021, not 2022, never again. And apparently we are returning to Saudi Arabia this year. We'll be watching that. Okay, let's see. Let's talk about Rampage, shall we? Rampage premiered this week. It opened up with an Impact World Championship match. the A, a title match of a different company, that's not affiliated with AEW, but is totally affiliated with AEW. Christian versus Kenny 
Omega. And I've been thinking for a week, how does Kenny Omega lose this match? Because in my head and my heart, where I'm actually pointing, Kenny Omega could not win this match and still face Christian Cage at All Out. Because that would be officially the weakest challenger in the history of AEW. Weaker than Brody Lee for the for the world title against uh, John Moxley. I don't mean to speak ill of the dead. Weaker than Cody before the at a stipulation of he can never challenge for the title again. Weaker than Pac and Orange Cassidy in a three-way. It would be the weakest championship match, period. But how does Christian beat Kenny Omega in such a way that... that yeah, it's like what Impact defended the NJPW championship. A funny story about that. As much as I claim not to like Impact, I have all this Impact knowledge in my head because I followed it. I just didn't watch it because it was terrible. New Japan got very, very upset when the British Invasion beat Team 3D in a table match to win their tag team titles uh, without their permission. Sorry, something's happening over here behind me. Um, to the point where that plus the Okada thing, you know, Okada, Okado, they haven't worked with Impact in a long long time but now the forbidden door has been opened to, to AEW it, also the impact door has been opened those companies are technically working together again could be a lot of fun where was I? the impact world championship match um, great match can they match this match at, at all out with the intensity? I think so it's still Christian and Kenny Omega um, Christian was blown up after the match, but he put everything out there, which is awesome. You would never have known he hadn't done this in seven years before, you know, earlier this year. But we get down towards the end of the match, and and, and Kenny brings in a belt, and it get, there's a distraction. Don Callis is up on, on the ring apron, and the Bucks bring out a chair. They slide in the ring. Kenny sets it up. He's going to go for the one-winged angel onto the chair, and Christian reverses it and hits a grotesque-looking kill switch onto the chair, throws the chair to the ground. One, two, three. Christian Cage is your Impact World Champion. I love it. He Christian cheated, but only after he was cheated. He used the he used Kenny Omega's own chair against him to to knock him out and to win uh to win the title. Awesome. Love it. Um, Christian Cage is the Impact Champion. This is the first time. Actually, if we're going to do this, it's time to do it now. Because uh, this is my thing of the week. Let's talk about it. Wait, I got a graphic. Thing of the week! This week's thing of the week is the unbelievable fact of the week. Because Christian Cage has never been the Impact World Champion or the TNA World Champion before. And I, it, when I real, when I realized this, it blew my mind because he was there forever. He made his his main event debut, uh, his main event run in TNA, and he was never the TNA World Champion. He was twice the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion under the TNA umbrella. Absolutely. And he was the last NWA World Heavyweight Champion under the TNA umbrella, losing it, losing technically nothing to Kurt Angle at uh, at Slammiversary 
2000 I don't remember what year um but he was never impact world title yeah the same title that Gotch and Fez and Dusty and Flair and Cody and 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 uh Nick Aldis holds right now Christian Cage is a part of that lineage also Truth and Rhino and Abyss and Ken Shamrock there's ups and downs there's hills and valleys to this title but when all is said and done, he never held the Impact World title. And now he does. And that's awesome. I love that. Um, Christian Cage officially added to the lineage of the Impact TNA World title 15 years, 14 years after he left the company. Good for him. Uh, Dan Severn, good one, Fred. That is another one who held that one. Uh, of course, Abyss winning it by disqualification, even though that wasn't a rule at the time. And then it was, and then it wasn't. Um... On the flip side of that, Kurt Angle never actually held the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, which is also weird when he was in a, a company where it was. Weird stuff that happens. My brain hyperfixates, but that's been your thing of the week. But we're back to, to that. I love that Christian held that title. It is... Um, I got excited about a title change uh, on the first episode of Rampage. Awesome. There were three title matches on this show. Uh, <laughs> Fretz, I have watched all of the King of the Mountain matches. The reverse ladder match, as it is called. Where you... <laughs> it's my favorite thing. If you've never seen a reverse ladder match, which Fretz has, clearly, but talking to everybody else. Well, the way this works is you start the match and you have to pin a guy to be able to climb the ladder and hang the title on the hook. And when you pin the guy, he goes into a penalty box. That's stupid. That's all stupid. The smartest thing I ever saw in a King of the Mountain match was for the exhibition title and the, the Motor City Machine Guns were in it together. And at the, right at the beginning of the match, either Saban pins Shelly or Shelly pins Saban. He went into the box. And as soon as he got out of the box, vice versa pinned each other. They're both eligible to win the title. I don't think either of them did, but it's the smartest thing I ever saw in in one of those uh, in one of those matches. I've all they had a rule that if the belt was dropped and hit the ground, a referee had to take possession of it before it could be hung again. Joe won his match despite the fact that the ref never took possession of the title after it hit the belt. It always drove me crazy. I wanted to see one dude, one upstanding. I mean, probably Sting for that matter would be the, the number one who. The belt hits the ground. He's all alone in the ring, but he's got to chase down the referee and say, you have to hold this so I can hang in the belt. And he hands in the belt, and as soon as the guy takes the belt, give me that belt, i got to hang it on the thing. Never happened. They should not, you know, they should not allow me to, to book TNA. But so be it. We move on. Um, other title matches, Fuego del Sol faced Miro. The idea being that if he won the match, he got the TNT title, and his AEW contract. Fuego hit the Fuego del Sol hit the ring a house of fire. Fuego del Casa. Just to throw more Spanish in there. He hit Tornado DDT after Tornado DDT on Miro, and Miro rolled out to the ring. And the ref started counting out, and the ref got to seven, and Miro hadn't moved. I thought, that's, that's brilliant. Fuego is going to beat Miro by count out get his AEW contract, and then can face him again on Dynamite and lose spectacularly. That is not 
Um, that is not what happened, which sucks. Uh, what happened is Miro got back in the ring. He killed Fuego del Sol in about two minutes. Um, I was expecting CJ Perry, Lana, to come out to to congratulate her man. Oh God! What if Lana's the Joker? What if Lana's the Joker in the women's casino battle? And we're all expecting Ruby Riot or Ruby Soho, whatever she's going by now. What if it's Lana? That would be stupid. I would love it. I would love it so much, but it would be stupid uh, for her to to be the Joker. I hope it's Ruby. Um, but after the match, Sammy Guevara comes out with TK, Tony Khan, who's... <laughs> Listen, friends, I'm not the one who can manifest things. If, if Kay says it, worry. Um, but I can't just manifest Lana. The only time I've ever done that properly is when I said James Ellsworth is going to pull down the title for Carmella in the first women's Money in the Bank. And I was throwing that off offhanded, and he did. Lana's not coming. If it does, then yeah, maybe I am magic. But I'm pretty sure it's Ruby. Um, where was I? Oh, Sammy Guevara and Tony Khan come out. Tony Khan on TV always worries me because he gets a little Vince McMahon, Vince Russo. But, you know, he disappeared. Sammy came out with the contract. Sammy gave Fuego del Sol his, his uh, contract. Fuego del Sol is all elite. Great. I had not seen a lot of Fuego del Sol before this match. I don't watch Dark or Dark Elevation because there's only so much time in the day for wrestling. Especially when there's a lot of time in the day for mail carrying, children... Uh, women, beer when I can get to it. So I can't. I, I can't watch all this wrestling. It just. I just can't. But I can watch the important stuff. And then Britt uh, Baker retained her title against Red Velvet in a really nice match, better than the first one. Uh, Br- uh, Red Velvet kept working the arm, the the mandible claw arm of Britt Baker, so she could not lock in the lockjaw. And then Britt switches it and goes in, in uh, I believe, skateboard terms, goes fakey mandible claw, uses the reverse side, and taps out, uh, taps her out. Awesome. Is still, is still laying the boots into Red Velvet after she won. Chris Statlander hits the ring to make the save. And Jamie Hayter shows up to beat down Chris Statlander. She's apparently aligned herself with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, and also uh, Rebel. And I... Yes, we're going to Statlander and, and Britt Baker at All Out. Awesome. I think it'll be great. I don't think Chris Statlander will win, but they could do worse. Um, good stuff there. I like Rampage. Next week could be the rise of Punk. Uh, I think it could be. 99% is going to be the rise and debut of CM Punk in AEW. Um, this show next week will come on directly after Rampage. Rampage will end at 11 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, 10 o'clock where I am. I will be hitting the airwaves immediately after, probably starting with the video of our dear Kay Murphy flipping out to the debuting CM Punk. It will be a good time. Now, Kay and I both have weddings, different weddings to attend next week, so... Um, if there's a change in schedule, I'll let you know my every intent to go on directly after Rampage next week. And that brings us to our retro review, WWE CW, June 20th, 2006. Um, 
I will also be reviewing next week as part of the show, uh, I believe, four matches from Vengeance, which will be the next pay-per-view. This is the go-home show for Vengeance. We will be seeing John Cena and Sabu in an extreme lumberjack match. Edge versus Rob Van Dam for the uh, WWE Championship. D-Generation X versus the Spirit Squad. Um, And uh, Randy Orton versus Kurt Angle. Just because. It's part of the match. It'll be a good match. Um, I don't even know what the World Heavyweight Championship match is in that show. I don't know who the World Heavyweight Champion is right now. Who correlates to... Is it Ray? It's Ray. It must be Ray Mysterio. And, and if it's the one where he loses the title to to Booker, we might watch that too. But I think that comes a little later on. But let's get into this particular episode of, of Monet Raw. A fortune teller meets us at the door. Uh, she is turning tarot cards to recap what happened on... E, uh, Sabu was at One Night Stand 2. Did I say Mysterio versus Sabu? It should have been Mysterio versus Booker and Sabu versus Cena. Uh, Mysterio and Sabu was the best... I think it was the best match. Is, I think it was the best match at One Night Stand. Um, a lot of people point to Edge and Foley versus Dreamer and... I guess Edge, Foley, and Lita versus Dreamer, Beulah, and Funk. But pure out just a match, I'm pretty sure Mysterio and Sabu was the better match. Um... Fortune Teller turns tarot cards is saying thing, uh, recapping everything that happened with Cena's eye last week on Raw, or last night on Raw for them, last week for us. I'm pretty sure this is Ariel, Shelley Martinez, who will eventually be um, sidekick for uh, Kevin Thorne. Kevin Thorne? Yeah. Kevin Thorne, the vampire guy. Match number one, Sabu versus Tony Mamaluke. This felt like right off of TNN on a, on a Saturday night. I loved it. Um, but it did become an announcer talking about something else match of the night. The first one, I think the only one of the night. Mainly talking about Sabu attacking Cena the night before, busting his eye open. Uh, a lot of generic brawling. It was very good, though. Sabu eventually hits the plancha uh, to the outside, sets up a table. Tony Mamalu grabs him. Uh, he, he knocks him down, goes for a double stomp off the top rope, but Sabu throws a chair into his face, uh, splashes him through the table, puts him back in the ring, hits the face buster for the win. Sabu's your winner. Good opener. No problems there. We see Kelly Kelly backstage. She's She says she's going to get naked again. Okay. Uh, RVD wears two belts and says that he and Angle are going to win tonight. Match number two, The Big Show versus Tommy Dreamer. This is ugly for, about, for the 90 seconds it went on. Dreamer starts by slapping Big Show across the face. And then Big Show kills him for 88 seconds. Doesn't even bother to pin him. Just beats him down, ragdolls him to the ground, and walks off. I don't know if this was actually a match. Now that I think about it, it might have just been a beating that Tommy Dreamer instigated and Big Show finished. Match number three, Macho Libre versus the Sandman. Now, Macho Libre, I guess Nacho Libre came out this time. I've never actually watched Nacho Libre. But this guy came out in a luchador mask. He did a, a Randy Savage impression in Spanish for a while. Sandman came out to the ring and killed this man with a stick and a beer can. He drank a beer. He smashed against his head. Um, hit the white Russian leg sweep for the, the win. This match lasted less than a minute. So if that Big Show match wasn't a match, we've had about four minutes of wrestling in the first half of this show. Paul's backstage with the referee telling him in the main event tonight. Um, 
you're only there to count the pin. Don't call for qualifications. Don't call for rope breaks. Just pin. Just count the pin. Record the submission. And a referee walks up and says, "Hey, John Cena just got here. We go to commercial as, as Paul says, get everybody together." And we come back, and he's got everybody. Everybody includes Rob Van Dam, Kurt Angle, the FBI, the Sandman. Now, what's funny about this is Sandman very clearly busted his own head open with a beer can in his match against Macho Libre. Sandman, no cut on his forehead here. This is a pre-tape, clearly. Stevie, Just Incredible, Danny Doring, who I never remember who that guy is, Balls Mahoney, and Sabu. Cena arrives, huge purple shiner. Uh, Jackie and I were discussing whether or not did Cena gig his eye or did he actually get hit and get busted open? Clearly, he got busted open. Um, walks in the middle of these ECW guys, says, listen, all, you know, if you guys want to all come uh, come to Vengeance and beat me up, that's fine. Just let me see it coming. Let me go down swing and let's make this an extreme lumberjack match. And so it's going to be Cena versus Sabu and 14 other guys around the ringside. Um... I know Cena wins this match. I, I'm 100% positive he wins. I just can't remember how. My guess is he hits the FU on 14 guys. Kelly Kelly comes out again. Um, this goes on longer than all the other wrestling on this show up until this point. Um, she dances around for a while. I mean, a while before she removes her belt. Then she removes her shirt. And she, they gave her a front-clasping bra this week because she could not undo the back-clasping bra last week. She gets it unclasped. Mike Knox comes out. He covers her with, with a towel or a robe or something and leads her to the back. Where do we begin with this segment? First of all, it's too damn long. Holy shit. This match is too damn long. Or it's matter of match segment. This segment is too damn long. Um... Kelly's a baby. Kelly is four months older than I am. This was 15 years ago, which means that she was 19 years old. 19 years old. She wanted to get wrestling, or maybe she didn't. Maybe she wanted to act. Maybe she was a dancer or a fitness model. Or maybe she just was at a... She saw the, a talent thing and said, Hey, you want to win a quarter million dollars and be on TV every week? Great. Be a part of WWE. Then they said, hey, you're going to go out there and you're going to be an ex- exhibitionist. We want you to go out there and take your clothes off every week. If you look at this woman's face, as a woman, this girl's face, she did not want to be out there naked. She was so nervous. Every- she could barely get this bra undone. Eventually she gets it done. She's, she's covering herself. She's not, you can't see anything. She's a lot more naked than I ever remember her getting. Again, I was 19, and my threshold for naked was pretty high at the time. Mike Knox comes out, covers her, takes her to the back. There's another problem there. Because while Barbie Blank did not want to be naked on TV, Kelly Kelly wanted to be naked on TV. If you catch my drift. Barbie, the real person, not clearly didn't want to be naked. But, but Kelly, the exhibitionist, wanted to be naked. And Mike Knox comes out and says, no, you can't be naked. Because you're my woman. He didn't say anything, but it's what we're going to get to. I'm a f- now a firm believer. At 19, I, God, I couldn't tell you what I actually believed at 19. Probably nothing. Um, nothing important. At least about this subject. Um, 
But now, if Kelly wanted to be naked on TV, she should have been allowed to. Mike Knox should not have made that decision for her. I don't remember where this story goes. Someone eventually shows up and fights on behalf of Kelly being naked. I feel like it's Test. But that may only be because Test was Kelly's real-life boyfriend when he died. All of this to say is I feel really skeevy watching this 19-year-old who does not want to be doing this get naked. And I feel really skeevy watching a man who... How old was Mike Knox during this time? I don't actually know. That's some that's stuff for Mance looks up something on the internet during the show. Mike Knox is currently 43 years old. So he was 28. He was almost 10 years older than Kelly at this time. And 28 doesn't seem that old, but when the girl's 19, it feels kind of it it's all skeevy. It's all gross. It's just it's all gross. I have talked more about this Kelly Kelly segment than anything else in this show. Um, and that's not going to change because we're going to talk about the main event next. But I'm just... It's a weird time for wrestling and women's wrestling. And I kind of hate it. Main event, Rob Van Dam and Kurt Angle versus Rated RKO. Um, they're not actually Rated RKO yet. And um, they make a point of saying this is the first time they've ever actually teamed. This match was also too damn long. 42-minute show. This match got 16 minutes. This was more than a third of the show, and it was too much. Um, it's every match with these four guys you've ever seen. It's every tag match you've ever seen. I had the problem trying to figure out at the beginning who's babyface, who's heels, but the ECW guys were supposed to be babyfaces. Edge and Orton beat up Kurt Angle for a while. Is it is it Punk? It might be. Uh, friends are saying it, it might be Punk that sticks up for her. Maybe. I don't remember. We'll find out because we're we're watching them till God, when are we watching these two? I guess we're watching ECW till December to dismember, my God. Um and then I guess we're watching uh the DX stuff until the is it Royal Rumble where where um Hunter blows out his quad again. We're doing it through Christmas, alright? Just it's the way it's gonna be. We're going to have to pick up the pace because by doing it that way, we'll be doing this till next Christmas and damned if I'm going to be doing this this long. For, we're going to we're gonna change subjects. After, after this, when we finish this, the next thing we're going to review is Monday Night Raw in the time where I was watching uh, WCW, which begins with Mike Tyson showing up on Monday Night Raw. New Year's Revolution? Okay, save me three weeks. Um... Fretz, I love having Fretz in the chat, which gives me the information I need because I used to be the historian of this group, and now it's Fretz. Um, but yeah, we're gonna get it, we're gonna get into to some nineteen ninety seven. Uh, I did the invasion, dude. Fretz, Fretz is currently doing the invasion. If you're not listening to Fretz's invasion stuff, go listen to that. It's some good stuff too. I did the invasion at the end of the Gift Podcast. I I won't say that's what killed the Gift Podcast, but it almost killed me. Um, and well, the reason why I'm talking to Fritz directly is because I don't want to talk about this match. It's every match you've ever seen. Edge Norton beat up RVD for a while. Kurt Angle made a save. Then they beat up Angle for a while. RVD made a save. 
I may have said the same thing twice. I don't care. Eventually, Edge goes for a spear. RVD hits him with the belt, hits the five-star frog splash for the win. Even though they're the baby faces, they cheat the win. Although, I guess it's not cheating if it's in extreme rules. I don't care. I don't care. This was a terrible idea. And we're going to keep doing it. It's... Uh, Jackie's already said she wants to be on the show. She wants to talk about some of the things she's seeing here. Um, awesome. I think it's a great idea. Uh, we will be miss- we'll be missing a week of retro reviews right after SmackDown. I intend to have Kay on the show. We'll do a gift of podcast about that. Uh, but that is going to be it for the Delight Show this week. I want to thank everybody in the chat. I know Mitchell was here earlier. I think somebody else was here as well. Fred's has been here the whole time. Um, always a pleasure to do this live. If you didn't hear it live and you're hearing it on Sunday morning, come join us. This coming week, directly after Rampage, we're going to go live. We're going to talk about everything that happens on Rampage or one thing that happens on Rampage. One big thing. We'll do uh, those four matches from uh, the new Superstar Initiative era of ECW. What the hell is that? I don't know what that is, but I'll look into it because you seem to think it's a bad time. And I'm okay with watching a bad time if it's funny. Um... The new superstar initiative. That sounds familiar, but if it was towards the end of my college days, I when I was doing theater, uh, and, and and I was doing band stuff, and just hanging out with the with, with the woman who's now my wife, Zach Ryder's debut. Eh, I missed a lot of wrestling in that time. Stuff people bring stuff up, and I'm like, that's that's no, that didn't happen. Um, somewhere along, I got back. I really want to do the Raw guest host era. I'm just trying to figure out how to do it without mentioning the former president. We'll get there. But that's it for the Delight Show. Thank you all for watching. Um, In a couple weeks, on Monday nights, even though I may not be the Monday Night Delight anymore, on Monday nights, this channel will be doing some game streaming. Something I've wanted to do for a long time. We're going to start with some game streaming. uh, some, Some classic stuff, some retro stuff, some weird stuff. Right here on Twitch. Um, and then, of course, every Friday, Saturday night, we'll be coming together for the Delight Show with the Gift Podcast. I don't know if we'll do the Gift Podcast live. I haven't talked to Kay about that. But check us all out uh, at Addict underscore Russell on the Twitter. Check me out at MN underscore Delight on Twitter, at MN Delight on, on uh, TikTok. I haven't been on TikTok in a little bit, but I, I will. If, you, if people will follow, I will watch, or I will create. Um, that all being said <laughs> and done... Um, we're going to call the call it a night. Thank you so much. I'll see you next time. Have a good night. Wait, wait, everybody. One thing. I forgot to credit my lovely wife who made the thing of the week graphic. Right to see right there. She did a great job. And if uh, you haven't seen it, watch live on Twitch. Now, have a good night.